You're listening to the teaching ministry of Discovery Church in Bristol, Tennessee. For more information about Discovery, or for more free audio content, please visit discoverybristol.com. Not too long after we came to Bristol, uh, we wanted to take the family over to the, the Family Fun Fest over here at the racetrack, right? Uh, that the, before the race, they have that day where uh, you can go and the kids can play with toys and, and, and do different activities. And so we took our kids there. Henry was our youngest at the time, and he was just maybe two years old. And, and I, I remember a few things from the day. It was crazy hot. Like, we were all just sweating, and uh, it was humid, and we were, it was super hot. And we got there, and we registered for different things, and the kids had fun. But the part that I was most excited about when we got there was they had a mechanical bowl. Like, and it was one of those that it's a padding around and the bull and the kids were riding on it and all of these kids were in line to be able to go on this mechanical bull and I really wanted to do it. And so uh, it wasn't any other adults, just kids, but uh, I got in line with my kids as, as my cover and, uh, and we got in line to do this. And so we're sitting there in the heat and, and Henry's complaining that his legs are tired, so I'm holding him. And uh, so we wait for, for this, it seemed like, a line that was like a mile long. Maybe it was four kids. I don't know. But it seemed like it took forever. And we finally get up there, and Abby goes first, my oldest. And, and she goes, and, and she gets thrown off just like every other kid. And I was like, I, I'm going to be able to do this. I can master this thing. And so Isaiah goes, and he gets thrown off like everyone, and, I, and it's finally my turn. And I'm excited. And then Henry says, well, I want to go. He's like, you've been too weak to stand in this line. How can you ride a bull? He's like, no, I'm, I've got power now. And so, uh, so Henry he goes, and so right when he gets done, he gets thrown off, it's my turn, and I'm excited, and I hear over on the side of the, the bull this noise. It's a noise. That's a distinctive noise. You guys know that noise. It's the sound of someone throwing up, and I look over, and there's one of my kids throwing up, and, and, but it's my turn, and so I start walking towards the bull, and Sarah says, we got to go. I said, no, we don't. I said, it's my turn. I've been waiting in line. She said, our kid is throwing up. We need to go home. She's, she's sick. And I was like, but what about the bull? It's my turn. She's like, and she gave me the look. And at the look, I was like, oh, do I ride the bull or take care of my sick child? I and I decided, I said, okay. And I walk off and we head home. And so we're headed home, and we're getting ready to cross Volunteer Parkway, and we come up to, to the crosswalk, and we're just waiting for cars to stop, and we come up to a guy. And the guy it has a milk crate, a milk carton, and a bullhorn, and he is standing on top of it, and he's yelling at people. He's yelling, and through his microphone, you're a sinner. And I was like, yeah, you guys have been watching me debating about taking care of my kid or riding a bull, and like, this is a big debate. And then he goes... You are going to burn in hell. And I was like, that's a little serious, right? Like, this guy's taking it too far. I'm, I might be a bad dad, but I don't know about that. And he starts yelling and talking to us about the hell that's going to come and that we're sinners and we need to repent and return. And, and I get it, like, his heart was there, but it was awkward because I look around and this guy is standing on a milk carton telling us about how bad we are and it's just me and Sarah and my three kids. We're the only ones around, right? And so he's just telling us, like, you're an awful person. And my kids look up, they're like, Daddy, is this true? I was like, well, I was debating about riding the bull. And, and they're like, what's wrong, Daddy? And so he's just going on and on and yelling at us. 
You guys have seen that, that bullhorn preacher, right? I'm sure you've been at events or you've at least seen it on TV where the guy is just on a milk carton telling everyone it's time to repent, it's time to turn from your ways or you're going to burn in hell. And while there's a, 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 this style of preaching, isn't one this hellfire and brimstone preaching that, that I'm not necessarily the, the style that I would do and I think that there's some questions about it, the heart behind it is great. Because the heart behind it is that person is so passionate, so torn, so driven to save souls that they're willing to proclaim to everyone what the alternative is. They see complete strangers, they see a man and a woman and their three little kids, and he is so convicted that he wants to save our soul that he's willing to do anything and he's willing to tell us anything to make sure we don't go to hell. And so this idea of this, this fire and brimstone preaching of, of heaven and hell was pretty extreme, especially when it's just us and he's yelling at us through this megaphone. But it's true. There's truth behind it. That there is a reality that when the end comes, we have heaven and we have hell. And where are we headed and where are we going? This idea, this, this fire and brimstone preaching is what we're about to uncover here in the first chapter of Proverbs. We're starting the series on Proverbs. We hit on it last week as an introduction. And, and this month of May, we're going to be reading through Proverbs. And I'm super excited about this idea that our whole church, I hope, is together. And we're walking through Proverbs together. There are 31 days in the month of May. And there are 31 chapters in Proverbs. Our desire is for all of us to be able to read through a chapter a day, the, the chapter that corresponds with that day. So today, at some point, I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you, and challenge myself at some point to sit down and read through chapter one. Whether that's maybe you, you play it on an audio Bible as you're leaving church here, headed to the restaurant, maybe it's before you go to bed, maybe you gather as a family, maybe it's just by yourself, whatever that looks like, to read through that chapter today and tomorrow. We will together read through chapter 2. And then the next day, chapter 3 and chapter 4 and so on. And in the, the end of this month, we will, as a church body, have read through the entire book of Proverbs. And through that, been able to grab hold of something that, that would make us a bit wiser. That hopefully we would see something that we can look back in the middle of our day and say, you know what, I needed that this morning. I'm so glad I read that. Well, you know that proverb about taming my tongue? Oh, man, I needed that today. That we would look at this and we would see the wisdom that's through this book. But I also hope that we look through it and see Jesus shining through. Even though this is an Old Testament book, the book is about wisdom. And Jesus was the personification of wisdom. Jesus was wisdom come to life. And so as we go through this book together as a, as a church body, I, I want to encourage you, read through it in, a, in your Bible, on your phone, where we have these journaling Bibles at the coffee shop. We, we sold out of them first last week, but this week we have more of them. There, there's a couple different designs, and, and it's just a book. It's the Proverbs, but there's spots for you to take notes and just see, write down what is God doing in your life. They're $5 at the coffee shop. You can get them online on Amazon for $7. Either way, just to be able to write down down, what is God telling you? And so together, we're going to go through Proverbs. Proverbs is one of the wisdom literature. The Bible is broken up into different sections. There's the Gospels, and, and there's the Torah, the Law, and there's the prophecies, and, and there's the epistles, and, and there's the wisdom literature, which encompasses Song of Solomon, encompasses uh, Ecclesiastes, Job, and Proverbs. 
And Proverbs is unique from those other ones because Proverbs is full of little bits of wisdom, little sayings, little phrases that, that Solomon had collected and, and a few other authors that we will see had collected and, and wrote these down. These are bits of wisdom from God that help direct our life, that help tell us what to do and how to live and how to be more like the Lord. And so this morning, we're going to get into that, but we're, hitting, we're starting with, because today's May 1st, we're looking at chapter 1. And we introduced that last week, the, the beginning, the, pro, the prologue of, of Proverbs, chapter, verses 1 through 7. And it talked that Proverbs are here for us to understand, to, to gain wisdom. And the gaining wisdom is, starts with the fear of the Lord. And so we talked about what that looked like to, to have awe and respect for God as we dive into this book. And this morning, we're going to look at the latter section of chapter 1, what it means to reject wisdom. Solomon is writing to his son. It says in, verse, in chapter 1, verse 8, that he's writing to his son, and, and he's giving this, this advice to his son. And he talks a little bit about the ways of the fool, and, and that foolishness invites you in and, and tries to draw you to different things. And then he gets to wisdom. And as we get to wisdom, it's important for us to see this is the wisdom that Solomon is, is sharing with his son. But in Proverbs 8 and 9, we're, we're going to see that this, this wisdom isn't just Solomon's wisdom. This is God's wisdom. This is wisdom that God has given us and that it's collected here in the Bible because this is God's word. It is, is God breathed. Is, every scripture is used for teaching and, and rebuking and guiding. And so this is God's word. But even more so, we're going to see... That Jesus is wisdom. Colossians 2, 3 says that, that found only in Jesus in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. That Jesus is the embodiment of wisdom. That all these nuggets of information, this, this wise the counsel that we see in this book, Jesus lives this. Jesus is this. And so this morning as we look and we see what wisdom calls out and what it looks like to reject wisdom... You can switch out that word for Jesus. As Jesus calls out, and what it's going to look like if we reject Jesus, it's a hard message. It's a hard uh, chapter for us to work through. It's definitely a, a chapter that that bullhorn preacher would love. Because it's a chapter of hellfire and brimstone. It's a chapter of heaven and hell. And that those are the only two destinations. And what does this look like for us to choose? So if you have your Bibles or your journals or your phone or whatever you have that we're going to go through, we'll also have it up on the screen, go ahead and open to Proverbs chapter 1. And we begin with chapter 1, verse 20. Wisdom's rebuke. Out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the walls, she cries out. At the city gate, she makes her speech. It begins by saying that wisdom goes to, all, to the public places where the people are gathered, to the public square on top of the walls. Uh, the Septuagint, the Greek translation, and the Greek version says she goes to the crowded streets, the crowded street corners. Wisdom is going to where the people are. This isn't something hidden. This isn't something that, that she's seeking in, in, in private. This is something completely public that is for all the people. Wisdom is crying out from the, on top of the city walls to the entire town, crying out to everyone to get their attention. Jesus was for everyone. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. 
Jesus is for every nation, every tribe, every group of people. Jesus is for all people, and so Jesus needs to be proclaimed in all the busy places, uh, from the, from the wall, top of the walls to the, the crowded squares to the public square to the crowded streets, at the city gates where the leadership is, where everyone has to come and go. This is where Jesus should be proclaimed. For us in the offices, in the school, on the sidelines of the soccer field, in your home, in your neighborhood, this is where Jesus should be proclaimed. Are we doing that? Because God has set up this design that his proclamation, the wisdom, Jesus, is shared through us. Christians, the example we set is proclaiming who Jesus is, or is meant to be proclaiming who Jesus is. Are we sharing a testimony of how great Jesus is in our lives? in our office, our schools, at home? Would others be able to see this amazing message of who Jesus is through how we interact with him? And so wisdom calls out. You'll see that wisdom, there's a little uniqueness about wisdom here at the beginning. Out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall, she cries out. At the city gate, she makes her speech. Wisdom here is feminine. And I think it's very clear if you look in my family, Sarah's much wiser than I am. So that would make sense why, why wisdom's a female. But also, Solomon is making this poetic. He is making wisdom come to life. And just like in, in Spanish, uh, in Hebrew, the nouns have gender. They're either male or female. And wisdom is a female noun. And so when wisdom comes to life, it's a she. She cries out. She proclaims. Also, remember what I said, verse 8. Solomon's writing to his son. What better way to entice his son than to tell about this beautiful woman that, that he, his son would want to carry along by his side for the rest of life. That you'd want to come together and that you would be, be together with wisdom for the rest of your life, that you would seek wisdom and pursue wisdom. And so Solomon paints this picture of wisdom coming to life as this woman who cries out. And her message as she cries out, she says, How long will you who are simple love your simple ways? How long will mark mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? Like I said, you're going to see this is a, a hellfire and brimstone message that wisdom has. How long are you going to keep going down this road? Those of you that are simple, those of you that are mockers, those of you that are fools, how long are you going to keep doing this? And she talks to the simple and the mockers and the fools, these three different groups of people that are rejecting wisdom, these three different groups of people that are rejecting Jesus. You have the simple. You have those that are, that are, gu that are gullible and are falling for everything. Instead of seeking wisdom, instead of seeking Jesus, they're pursuing whatever the world has to offer. So instead of pursuing this Christian worldview, they're just going after whatever worldview is, is the prevalent influence at the time. That they've put other idols in the way, and they've put other ideas and philosophies and not pursuing Jesus. The mockers. Those are the people that are, are too smart for wisdom, right? Those are the people that, that scoff at it. Those are the people that are making fun of it. 
Those are the people that think the Bible is just a book of fairy tales and that Jesus is a crutch for the weak. They're rejecting Jesus. The simple are rejecting Jesus. And then there's the fools. Those that, this isn't about IQ or, or education level. The fools are those that are rejecting the spiritual needs that there's a spiritual world that God wants to be part of our life, and they just completely miss it. So caught up in themselves, so caught up in the ways of this world, that they're missing this desire, this need for, for spiritual guidance. And so wisdom cries out, you simple people, you mockers, you fools, why are you rejecting? How long will you continue to reject this? How long will you continue to reject Jesus? She continues on and cries out, verse 23, Repent at my rebuke, then I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make known to you my teaching. This is wisdom's call, but this is Jesus' call as well. Repent. Turn away from what you are doing. Turn away. Come back. How long are you going to keep doing this? Now's the time. Come back to me and look at this promise. If you come back, if you repent, then I will pour out my thoughts on you. I will pour out my wisdom on you. Look at the story in the, in the book of Acts. As people were coming to accept Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit is poured out on them. It's poured out on you and me. The same message, if we repent, if we turn away from our sins and, and we come to Jesus, then the Holy Spirit will be poured out on us. What an amazing message. And Solomon doesn't even know 700 years later Jesus would come and fulfill these prophecies here before him. And so wisdom cries out, how long are you going to do this? Repent, come back to me. And then wisdom lets him know, if you don't, here's what's going to happen. It says, verse 24, but since you refuse to listen when I call, and no one pays attention when I stretch out my hand, since you disregard all my advice and do not accept my rebuke, I, in turn, will laugh when disaster strikes you. I will mock when calamity overtakes you. When calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster sweeps over you like a whirlwind, when distress and trouble overwhelm you. Did you catch that? I, in turn, will do these things. This is wisdom's response to the decision of the people. They've already rejected wisdom. They've already turned and pursued their own ways, pursued their own knowledge, pursued what they feel is the right. And so in turn, wisdom's not going to be there for them. In turn, this is where they're left. There's consequences for their decision. Likewise, if we turn from Jesus, when the message is crying out, when we have an opportunity to follow him and we reject him, when we, we decide not to live for him, when we pursue our own ways, there will be consequences that we would have to face. A famous preacher, R.G. Lee, would often say, for all of us, there will be a payday someday. Someday we're going to face judgment day. And what will that look like for each one of us? Heaven or hell? It's a very blatant message. It's a very in-your-face message like that bullhorn preacher was yelling at us on the street corner. But this is the message that Proverbs 1 has for us. If we turn aside from wisdom, 
there will be consequences. If we turn aside from Jesus, there's consequences to pay. Verse 28 continues, Then they will call to me, but I will not answer. They will look for me, but I will not find me. Since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord, since they would not accept my advice and spurn my rebuke, they will eat the fruits of their ways and be filled with the fruits of their schemes. They're going to cry out, this day of judgment will come. And at that point, it's too late. At that point, they've already made the decision with their life not to have faith in Jesus Christ, not to pursue salvation, not to pursue eternity, not to live for him. And then they'll cry out, and it'll be too late. They'll be seeking for wisdom, but they won't be able to find it. They'll be crying out for Jesus, but they'll have missed their opportunity. And then it gets to this last part, this culmination for those that they're crying out, that she's crying out to. For the waywardness of the simple will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. They will be destroyed. They will be complacent, living the life that they want to live, not willing to turn to wisdom, not willing to repent, just complacent with living the life that, that they see fit, complacent in their sin, complacent in the destruction, and it will destroy them. What a message that wisdom is crying out. It begins that wisdom is crying out from the, the tops of the hills and uh, tops of the walls and in the, in the public square to anyone that will listen. Repent, because this is what's coming. Repent, or you'll be destroyed. To turn to Jesus, or we'll be destroyed. And then here, there's one final verse in this chapter takes a little turn for those of us that have accepted wisdom for those of us that have accepted Jesus it says verse 33 but whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm if we've accepted Jesus we'll be saved if we believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose again three days later that if we believe that he took the penalty of sin, that he took our sin onto him, and he overcame sin, and he overcame death, and he overcame Satan, that we will be saved. That if we decide to pursue wisdom, meaning we decide to pursue Jesus, to live for him and accept him as our Savior, then we will have no fear of harm. Then we will live in safety for eternity with him in heaven. Like I said, the, this message that the, the preacher had on the milk carton is so in your face. It's heaven and hell. But that's reality. That's what this, this chapter is sharing with us. You reject wisdom. You reject Jesus. You will be destroyed. But those that have accepted wisdom, those that have accepted Jesus, will live without fear of harm. John 10, 28 and 29, Jesus says this. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. And I and the Father are one. Those that have accepted him are in his hand. And we will be safe. Those that have chosen to pursue wisdom, those that have chosen to pursue Jesus, will be safe. So this is the beginning of Proverbs. 
right? When, when you knew, if you heard we were going through Proverbs, you're probably thinking of all those little phrases. There's, there's fun little ones. My, my favorite one is uh, from Proverbs 28, as a fool, or as a dog returns to his vomit, so a fool returns to his folly. It's the only proverb that I have memorized, just because it's funny and talks about dogs and vomit, right? Proverbs was supposed to be this fun message through uh, of little bits and, and anecdotes, but this is where we have to start. Remember verse 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of gaining wisdom. Fear the Lord. To be in awe and respect. To understand wisdom's crying out. Are you going to pursue wisdom? Are you going to pursue Jesus? Or are you going to be destroyed? So there are people here this morning that I know have not made this decision yet. And I want to encourage you, we don't know when our end will come. As that preacher on the milk carton cried out, you're a sinner, it's true, we all are. We're destined for hell, it's true, we all are. But thankful Jesus came and stopped that destiny for us. Because of him, if you have faith in him, you're now destined for heaven, you're now destined for eternity, praising God. And so if you've not made this decision yet, I want to encourage you to do so. Come see us in the prayer room. Come talk to Ruth. Come see me out, outside. Turn to the person sitting next to you and start that the conversation. Accept Jesus. Come get baptized. A couple weeks ago, we had two baptisms. One you might have seen. It was on Easter morning, and it was here. And Steve picked up his little daughter after she was baptized, and he carried her away. But we also had one Thursday night at 7 p.m., a little intimate one with a family. It can be done anytime, any way. Are you willing to accept Jesus, to pursue wisdom, to pursue him? And for those of us that have already accepted Jesus and have already given our lives to him, what we can take from this chapter is one, the confidence and the assurance that we can live without fear of harm, but also to know it's our job to go and share about Jesus. Because wisdom is proclaimed on the city, in the city gathering part, places where the people are. Wisdom in Jesus is proclaimed in your home, in my home, at your job, at my job, at your school, at, at the soccer field, in your neighborhood. Everywhere we go is where we're meant to proclaim Jesus. In the way we live, in the words we say, are we living in a way that's pointing people Jesus? Are we living in a way that we're crying out, pursue him, love him, live for him? If you guys will stand, let me pray for all of us that we would set that example this week. To pray for all of us that we'll dive into Proverbs this month and, and that each day we'll be able to take something from it and see what God has to reveal to us. Pray that today all of us will read through Proverbs chapter 1. We only look in the segment. You can't be like, oh, we covered it this morning. Nope, there's a lot more of it. Read the whole chapter, all right? It'll take less than five minutes every day. But imagine if as a church body, we were in Scripture finding out the wisdom that we could apply finding out God's plan, and truly I feel discovering Jesus as we dive into the book of Proverbs.